I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God's holy church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And the life everlasting. Amen. Um, if, if you're new or maybe uh, it's your first time here in a long time, um, that, that prayer is, just sums up what, what it is we believe um, as a youth ministry. So uh, they weren't just random words or a chant we decided on. Um, but it's a prayer that's been prayed for a long time. So, hey, uh, before we get started, uh, I have a question. How many of you guys have ever, uh, you don't even know the question, put your hand down. Uh, wait till I finish. How many of you have ever been invited to go see a movie and, hold on, there's a second part, and you had zero desire to see that movie, your expectations were incredibly low, right? But you're like, man, I'll go hang out. Maybe you're like, I like movie theater popcorn. Um, I like, I just like being in a theater. Okay. Put your hand down. All right, here's my second question. How many of you have been invited to a movie with a friend, family member, loved one, and had very low expectations of the movie, but by the time you walked out, you're like, I have to admit, that was a pretty good movie. Okay? Um, if you haven't had that experience yet, I pray and hope it will happen in your lifetime. But, uh, Uh, I, I, too, have had that experience. Uh, I remember the year was 2004, uh, and uh, a group of my friends were going to see, the movie, going to see a movie, and uh, all I knew about it was that Lindsay Lohan was in it. Um, so my expectations were very low. Uh, it was a Lohan film. Um, everything after Life Size is no good. And if you don't know what Life Size is, go home and Google it. Right. Awesome. Parent, after life size, okay? Uh, so I get invited to go see this Lindsay Lohan movie, and I'm really not that excited to go. Uh, uh, my only expectation uh, is just that I'm going to get to hang out with my friends, and it'll be a good time. And so we go to see this movie, and maybe you've heard of it, but it's the story of this homeschooled girl uh, from Africa, and she goes... And she goes to see, she goes to like a public high school. Uh, she falls in love with this guy, uh, meets this girl named Regina George, in case you haven't figured it out by now. Uh, becomes one of a social class called the Plastics and uh, has to kind of navigate, uh, navigate high school and navigate life. And uh, I don't know, but I'm kind of disappointed in myself to admit it to you, but I really like that movie. It's funny. Um, uh, it, it's funny. And it, I still like it today. And uh, my favorite part of this movie, 
um, is there's a lot of really great moments. But my favorite part of this movie is, uh, if you haven't seen it, that's good. But uh, the main character, Katie, uh, is with this group of girls called the Plastics, and they're really popular and preppy. And they go to Regina's house, and they meet her mom. And she's like, I'm not like a normal mom. I'm like a cool mom. Um, and they're hanging out in, her, uh, in Regina's room, and, and, and they're, it's after school, and they're just kind of relaxing. And they start talking about people. Uh, in their school, and they, pearl, they pull out something called the burn book. Uh, I think we have a picture, Bethany, if you will. Uh, you remember this? All right. So in this burn book are pictures of people, uh, of classmates and of characters you meet throughout the movie. And in the book is written uh, different awful descriptions uh, about every person on their page. And uh, as, as funny as this movie is, I think it's still really a good, it paints a really good picture of how we can be so quick to judge people, right? Like this idea of the burn book, I hope none of you have one. But for a lot of you, you've, you've gone to school today or you've been around people uh, who, who do these kinds of things. They make judgments based off one-time interactions or what, or what they think a person's like without really getting to know them. And... Tonight, as we continue in this series called Jesus Said, what? Um, that's how you have to say it, okay? Uh, when you look at our Instagram, which you should follow, uh, that's, that's how it's said. You just can't tell. So uh, we're going to continue. We've been talking these past couple weeks, and we're going to continue looking at the words of Jesus. So tonight, um, if you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Uh, if you have your notes, that piece of paper that was on your seat, and you haven't turned it into a, a crane or a fortune teller yet, uh, go ahead and open it up, and uh, we're going to read together uh, some of the words of Jesus. If you're there, say, got it. If you're not, say, hold up. Great. That sounded like, oh, so I'm going to assume you all have it. All right, here we go. This is Jesus talking. If you um, have already shredded your notes or can't read your Bible because the font's too small, it's also going to be on the screen. All right, here we go. Matthew 7, verses 1 through 3. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Um, I think if there were some verses of Christianity, if there were some things people knew about the Bible, uh, this verse would be kind of in their repertoire. They would know this one. And as I was uh, studying and preparing for tonight, I found out that this Bible verse is searched four times more on a daily basis than John 3.16, which is for God so loved the world. So, so this isn't like a, a, a verse that's just kind of random, but this is something people have held on to and paid attention to. And even though it's incredibly popular and, uh, ha you know, has a lot of meaning and a lot of things to it, I think it would be safe to say that it's one of the most misquoted and misunderstood verses of all time. So, and that's why it's so important for you and I to take time to understand what exactly does Jesus mean when he's talking here and he says, judge not. Perhaps it's easier to say what, what Jesus didn't mean, right? So Jesus isn't saying that we would never pass any sort of judgment. Every day we make hundreds of judgments about the things around us, right? Right? 
Uh, for those of you who have a car and are able to drive, uh, there are gas stations uh, that you'll drive past and you'll go, uh, I'm probably not going to stop there, right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I was on a master's commission trip one time and uh, uh, one of the other staff members at the time decided that we should pull into like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of gas stations. I was like, people have died here. Lucas and Sarah can attest to it. It was super shady, right? Uh, we make other judgments. For instance, uh, one day in your life, you might be called to be a part of a jury and you'll have to make a judgment about whether somebody's guilty or not. Uh, for those of you who are seniors and juniors, uh, there will be a day where a person will look at your GPA and your essays, and they will decide if, you're, if you can be a part of their school. They'll judge if, you, if your accomplishments deem uh, you admission into that school. There's coaches who, uh, for a lot of you, decided and made a judgment whether or not you were good enough to be a part of a team, right? Uh, there, there are tons and tons of decisions we make every day that involve other people. We pass judgment on appearance, behavior, speech, uh, attitude, work ethic, productivity, if somebody keeps or breaks a promise. Uh, we make a lot of judgments throughout the day. And so whatever the words of Jesus mean, they can't mean that we never pass in any sense, we never pass judgment in any sense at any time, right? Like, could you imagine if you got home tonight and your mom, you know, she really loves you and she missed you while you were at church, and she's like, I made you all your favorite foods. And you're like, Mom, you're the best. Like, how did you know I wanted mozzarella sticks and potato wedges when I got home? Like, you were the best mom of all time, right? And your mom's like, okay, like, which one do you want first? You're, you're, the Bible isn't saying here, like, you're going to be like, Mother, I don't make judgments anymore, right? Like, one of those sounds probably sounds better to you. So we're going to make judgments in our life. So what did Jesus mean when he said, judge not? So if you're taking notes, which you totally should, because people who take notes are statistically proven to be smarter than those who don't. Um, if you didn't bring a pen and paper, you can put it in your phone. And that's new. I hope you like that. Um, I got five new ones. Yeah, I know. Be impressed. <laughs> so if you're taking notes tonight because you are brilliant, um, if you don't take notes, you are also brilliant, but just in a different way. Um, I want to give you three things that help us to make better sense of what is Jesus saying here when he says judge not. If it doesn't mean that I'm not going to make decisions, I'm not going to make judgments, what exactly does it mean? So you're taking notes. Here's the first one. We must remember what judge really means or what, what the word judge really means is what, probably what it should say. Um, growing up, there was this brilliant TV show called The Amanda Show. <sighs> oh, we just had revival in here. Some of y'all are like, good morning. Um, so the Amanda show um, was kind of like a sketch show, and uh, Amanda would always play the part of Judge Trudy, right? And um, she would make, like, these crazy uh, decisions and judgments on people, and it would always end with them bringing in the dancing lobsters. Um, she'd be like, bring in the dancing lobsters, and they'd come in and dance. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's worth the YouTube later. But um, when we... What we're talking about here is not just like Judge, judge Judy or, or making decisions, but when Jesus uses this word judge, it's, it's a very specific word. So if you and I were to be reading Matthew in Greek, which it was written, uh, anybody in here read Greek? You're fluent. Not that you ate at Tzatziki's today. Uh, okay, you're all lying. Um, 
So this word judge doesn't necessarily mean what we think it means. It doesn't mean just disagreeing with someone. Instead, the word judge here goes a step further and it means to condemn. In case uh, you haven't been doing your vocabulary words, uh, when we condemn someone, it means that we, com- we express this complete disapproval, that we, we've made a verdict, we've made a decision that this is who you are, this is who you will always be, it's always going to be that way, and so you could never change, that's who you are. And so when Jesus says, judge not, he says, hey, condemn not. That means that kid at school who's super weird and you don't really like, okay, because let's be honest, some of you can think of three people right now. Um, Jesus is saying, don't label them. Don't put them in a box. Don't make them out to be something. And, and let that be the final word, because guess what? That, you don't have the right to do that. You and I aren't to give the final judgment on any person. Instead, final judgment belongs to God. We're not to be in the condemning business. If I could go back and redo high school, I totally would. Because I put people in a box. I judged them. I said, this is who they are. This is who I assume them to be. And this must be who they are. Instead of seeing the fact that when Jesus, or when God, God created man and woman, when he created you and me, he made us in his image. So every person you judge at school and every person you label, guess what? At the core of who they are is God's fingerprint. So Jesus says, listen, this isn't your right. This isn't your place. Don't don't condemn. Know what this word judge means. As followers of Jesus, we have to push past our initial instinct and see people for who they really are. Imagine if you were to go to school or go to work tomorrow and that person who you, you have all kinds of judgments and assumptions about in your head. And instead of just being annoyed by them and this is who they are and this is how they always act, you took the time to see them for who they really are. Instead, as, as you're mopping or as you're walking through the halls, you go, God, help me to see them the way you see them because you told me not to judge. I promise you it'll change your life and it'll change the way you view them. All right, here's our second thing we have to understand when, we, when Jesus says judge not. Number two, we're not, we, we cannot assume the motives of others. I think this is a lot easier said than done, right? Um, if you drive, right? I feel like we create worlds for people that they never were a part of. You know, they're like, oh, you, like, you're like, oh, you cut me off. You're the biggest jerk in the world. No one likes you, right? What if they were late to a doctor's appointment that was really important, right? Like, we, we make these assumptions that aren't true. Or maybe it's this girl in your class who always talks and is always rude. But what you don't know is that she's not just a mean person who hates everybody. Her family at home is falling apart. Maybe her parents are getting divorced, We can't make these assumptions about other people's motives. And if we aren't careful, we can find ourselves filling in the details of a person's life and motives based off our judgments and motives. Uh, My best friend in middle school and high school, her name was Amy Heiser. Uh, She is one of the most awesome human beings alive. Uh, 90% of my stupid stories from middle school and high school involve her. Um, But I remember one day being in seventh grade, me and Amy rode the same bus, which was awesome. 
And I remember one morning I said, hey, Amy, what's up? Or, or something. Actually, uh, it was kind of at the middle of like the Booyah phase. Emperor's New Groove had just come out. And uh, sure, I said Booyah or something. Uh, and I remember that morning, Amy didn't return my, my greeting. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's mad at me. Like, and I know you won't believe this, but not everybody had a cell phone. Um, so I couldn't text her a GIF and be like, what's up, you know? Uh, I love GIFs, GIFs, however you say them. They're my favorite. Uh, and I remember she was mad at me, and I remember I sat on the bus that whole ride. I was sitting in my seat, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Amy's mad at me. What did I do? Oh, she's just a jerk. Oh, she gets mad over the stupidest stuff. How could she be mad at me? She's the one who should be mad. And, we, and maybe I'm just crazy, or maybe sometimes we make these assumptions about people who aren't even mad at us, and we start to make these assumptions about people's motives we don't even know, and we judge them and we push them away and say, you're always this, you're always that. And instead, when Jesus is talking here, he's saying, listen, judge not, right? That you might not be judged, but with the same judgment that you use, you're going to be judged. Sometimes we think and we create these scenarios that aren't true, but Jesus wants us to open our eyes and say, hey, chill out. Realize that the way you're judging them, you're going to be judged too. And so uh, I remember that day I finally got to school and I walked up to Amy and she was rolling in her tuba um, to the band room. We both played tuba. Super cool. And uh, we're rolling in our tubas. And I remember I was like, kind of like hit her with my shoulder, you know, like super passy aggressive, like, and she's like, hey, like, like what, what's up? And um, I was like, why are you mad at me? Huh? Like you're a jerk. And she's like, what are you talking, what, huh? What, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, I said, hey, to you on the bus. And you didn't even say, hey, back. She's like, Amber, I didn't even, I didn't hear you. I had headphones in. We can create these scenarios and make people out to be something they're not if we're not careful to watch how we assume other people to be. Um, I want us to look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. It's in your notes and also in the Bible because that's where the scriptures come from, in case you've, in case you've been wondering. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Here's what it says. Thanks. Appreciate that. All right. The Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Often we're quick to come to negative conclusions about other people based off what we think they did. Oh, based off how we, because you dress like this, you must act like this. Uh, I had a friend in high school, his name was Danny, and uh, he was super into like goth, emo, punk music, right? Like he wore mascara, like he was, he was super legit. Um, an eyeliner, lots. He could teach all of us how to do eyeliner if we wanted. Uh, he's super good at it. And people assumed, because he dressed a certain way, that, that he must hate the world and he, he must be against everybody. Can I tell you something about my friend Danny? He's the most incredibly kind and happy person I've ever met in my life. Top three for sure. We can't make assumptions off people because of how they dress. And guys, no matter how hard we try, we're so blinded by our own judgments that we often only see the outside. And instead, God in his infinite wisdom and love sees past our outside, sees past the walls that we put up, and sees our heart. Only God can judge the hidden secrets of the heart. So leave that judgment to him. You don't even know your own heart, okay? 
much less the heart of anyone else. Right? Like, let's be real for a second. We've all had a crush on somebody that does not make sense, right? You're like, I don't know why, but, like, I like them. And I'm, like, feeling some kind of way when they, like, walk through the, like, line at lunch. Like, what is happening? The heart is deceitful. Let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9. Here we go. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Um, I'm the oldest of four siblings. Uh, I have two little brothers and a little sister, and they're the best. And uh, I remember especially when my youngest two siblings, Greg and Sierra, were growing up. Um, I loved them, but they were kind of like low-key terrorists uh, when they were little, right? Um, And I don't know if you've ever been around a little kid, but like, They'll do crazy stuff. Um, I remember Greg had this, like, Hot Wheels mountain. And you, I know you're all excited about the Hot Wheels mountain, but I need you to focus, okay? Uh, Greg had this Hot Wheels mountain that you could, like, put cars down, and they would go down, they'd go through this loop, and they would shoot off. And somehow in all of his four-year-old brilliance, he realized how to do that so it hit you in the head while you're watching TV. Okay? You're a jerk, Greg. Like, not cool. Um, I remember my little sister, Sierra, was really into Legos, but what she was more into was throwing them. Um, And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you ask a little kid sometimes, you're like, why did you do that? And they're like, I don't don't know. Right? Some of you today, your parents were like, why don't you clean your room? You're like, I I don't know how to play English, right? Like, I don't know. (laughs) That means I don't speak Spanish, okay? Or I don't speak English. But listen, when we're little kids and we say, I don't know, it's not a cop-out. It's this truth about who we are, right? Like, we're, sometimes we're so messed up, we don't know why we do what we do. And all we can remember sometimes is even though we said or did something dumb, we don't even know why we did it. We don't understand our own heart. So why on earth do we try to act like we understand anyone else's? Number three, if you're taking notes because you're brilliant. We must fight the urge to be fault finders. Proverbs eleven twelve says this, and it's, it's awesome. It is foolish to be little a neighbor. A person with good sense remains silent. The message translation puts it like this. Mean-spirited slander is heartless. Quiet discretion accompanies good sense. Listen to this. Fault-finding is the venom of the soul. When we spend our time and we spend our days waiting for somebody else to mess up, waiting for somebody else to blow it, it will always destroy our joy, take away our happiness, and prevent us from having close friends. Listen, I love all of you in this room, whether this is your first Wednesday here or not. I'm so glad you're here. But we really have to be aware, are we the type of people And this is just truth. Are we the type of people that when we see other people have a rough day or have a rough time, that we're quick to tear them apart? Because if you spend your life doing that, I promise you, you're going to be miserable. That's why Jesus is like, don't judge. Like, this is not your job. No one likes a fault finder. And you were... This is where this comes from. It comes from pride, and, and it kind of a part of it's jealousy, right? And we have to spend our lives picking other people apart and criticizing them in order to bring them down to our level, or worse, we tear them down to prove that they're beneath us. 
we're, we're not in good shape. Fault finding is a deadly disease because if not che- kept in check, it'll turn us into cynics who expect the worst of other people. It's not a place to live. If you can learn this now, if you can learn to celebrate other people, your, your high school, college, and 20s will be such a better place. The fault finder expects failure and secretly gloats and celebrates when he finds it. We can't be the type of people that are excited when other people fail. That by judging them, that somehow we gain something. Um, I shared this in E-Middle the other day, and uh, it's like for real. And uh, I told them they were the first people I ever told. Uh, When I was younger, this was my fear. I didn't think monsters lived in my closet. I thought the Disney villains did. I don't know. I'm weird, okay? Like, I have no idea. I have no frame of reference for that. And hands down, one of the creepiest Disney villains, Bethany hit him with the picture, is these weird vultures from the Jungle Book. They are weird. Don't judge me. You have fears too, okay? It's weird. It's just weird. Listen, call me crazy. Thank you. It's cool. I'll wait. I think that there is such a thing as a spiritual vulture. Like these weird, nasty birds from the Jungle Book who, you know, eat dead things and they're sad and they kind of act like old men in this movie. Um, Vultures fly across the, the sky and they keep a close out for things that are are near death or about to die, and then they swoop in and they eat it. It's gross. Um, Vultures are nasty birds. And you and I have to be really careful as followers of Jesus that we don't live our life as spiritual vultures. But instead, when we see other people fail, we don't judge, we don't condemn, we don't cast the last word, but we pick them up. Listen, I know school's hard. I know where you go to school is probably really difficult and probably always isn't awesome, right? But if you and I can learn to not judge and to take these words of Jesus seriously, it, it'll change the people around us. So, so what do we do? How do we live in a world full of people who frustrate us and annoy us and disagree with us without judging them? I'm going to give you two points, and they're going to be real quick. Number one, we put things into perspective. Listen, I love Jesus with all my heart, but Christian love isn't blind right? There's things in the world that aren't right. There's things that aren't okay. And there's things that break our heart and that we have to stand up and we have to say something. But what Jesus is saying here is before we do, take a real good look in the mirror. And before you're quick to point out everybody else's faults, remind yourself that you're probably not as great as you think you are. Ignore the faults. God doesn't ever say ignore the faults of others, but he does say take care of your own faults first. Uh, there's a song that, that gets quoted a lot in every women's event I've ever been to in my life. Um, but it's Psalm 139. And verses 23 and 24 come to mind. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Not like try me, Jesus. Like, come on. Like, but like, God, like, test me. Try me. Like, really know who I am. Help me to know who, who I am and how I function and, and the things that are awesome and the things that aren't so great about me. And see if there's any grievous way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. Guys, if we could pray that and mean it, we would do a lot more confessing and a lot less judging. Because guess what? I know I'm not perfect, okay? Okay? I, I have the privilege to work uh, at a ministry school where we hang out like 24-7 and we're around each other. Listen, if I need to, like, if I start thinking I'm perfect, I, don't worry. I got 34 friends that will let me know real quick, okay? And I'll do the same for them. But if we're not quick to realize who we are and that we have faults, we will be quick to judge. And here's number two. This is how, how we live our lives, trying to push back on, on living a judgmental life. Number two, we watch how we speak about others. Sometimes something as simple as choosing to use our words to honor other people will change the way we view other people. It will. I promise you it will. Sometimes we, there's this tendency to be like, hey, I'm just venting, right? Like, once I get through this, like, then I'll love Jesus again. But here's the thing. There is power. There's power in your words. Life and death, right? Like, your words carry life and death with them. So the way you choose to talk about other people is a big deal. Um, my third grade teacher is the scariest woman alive. Um, I think she's alive, I hope. <laughs> so... <laughs> I didn't mean to make it morbid. Uh, yeah, no, she should be. All right. She was terrifying, but I remember this. This is what she taught us. Take, write this down, and then we'll finish up. All right. She taught me this. She always said, ask yourself, do you need to say this? N stands for this. Is it necessary? Some of you guys are like Amber, for real. Yeah, like ask yourself if your words are necessary. Are they going to help anybody out? Right? Imagine how dinner would be tomorrow night if you're like, yeah, I know my brother's a dork, but, like, it's not necessary, right? Your parents are going to be shocked and amazed. Their jaws will hit the table, right? And it'll be a glorious moment. But ask yourself, is what I'm about to say, is the judgment I'm going to make necessary? All right, here's E. Will it encourage? Are the words coming out of my mouth going to encourage and make somebody feel better about themselves? Um, I have a friend, his name is Tyler, and he says this. He says, as soon as I think something awesome about somebody or a compliment, I say it to them. And at first when you're around him, you're like, dude, that's super awkward. But I watch his life. I've never seen him judge anybody. I've never seen him be negative towards anybody. And it changes the way people around him feel. So will it encourage? The other E. Will it edify, which is just kind of like encouragement, okay? So we all got that. We're getting close on time, so we're skip that. D, will it dignify the other person? Guys, we live in a world and in a culture that it's so negative and so it just tears people down. What if as followers of Jesus, we will commit ourselves to raising people up? What if you walked into your classroom tomorrow, and you don't have to be a teacher's pet and be obnoxious, but before you leave, you're just like, Hey, um, Mrs. Smith, really appreciate you. And just walk out the door. Like, don't even look at her, right? Like, just keep going. Because if she, like, starts crying, it'll be really awkward. Um, but listen, the people that get on your nerves the most, choose to honor, choose to dignify. It'll change your life. Tonight, um, I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask your small group leaders to come. And Daniel's going to put on something. Makes us all feel more spiritual on the inside.
probably not. What does the fox say? I'm going to ask everybody to just bow their head and close their eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. Just bow your head. So it's very clear you're not looking around. Tonight, I just want to ask you two questions. And then I'm going to invite you to pray with your small group leader. And the first question is this. With every head bowed. If you're in here tonight and you'd say, Amber, um, I heard you I heard you talk about Jesus' words. I heard you talk about what he said. And if I'm really honest, I have a hard time judging other people. But tonight, um, I just feel God moving in my heart and moving. Um, and just even as you've been talking, that, that I needed to stop. I need to start changing the way I talk about other people. If that's you, with nobody looking around, you don't even have to lift your hand even like remotely high. I just want you to just kind of lift your hand so I know. We know who we're praying for. If that's you, if you say, if I'm honest, I, I judge people a lot. Yeah, all across the room, sides and front and the back. Thank you. You can put your hands down. The second question I want to ask is this. If in, you're in here tonight and you'd say, Amber, um, it's, uh, it's not that I judge others. I just feel that I'm stuck being the person that everybody else thinks I am. And I'm so ready for something different. I, I, I need God to help me because I constantly feel judged. If that's you with every head bowed, just slip up your hand. I want to make sure we pray for you tonight. Your small group leader, see who you are. Yeah. Awesome. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask you to do this. If everybody will, um, if everybody will stand up for a second. Here's all we're going to do. I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying or um, you, if you want to wait till after, I just want you to make your way up here and pray with your small group leader or another one of our adult leaders. Don't, don't walk out here if you raise your hand without praying. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we thank you for your words, God. God, we thank you that you, um, God, that you challenge us not to judge, but instead, God, to, to realize our own lives. God, to look, take a look at who we are and realize that your grace and your love isn't just for us, God, but it's for everyone around us. God, I pray you'd help every student and leader in here tonight, God, to go home and God, go to school or work tomorrow, God, and that we would be people who would love, God, who would honor, God, and who wouldn't be quick to judge, but instead quick to offer grace and forgiveness. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you, and it's your name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Hey, we love y'all. Um, I know we'll be...